It's time for another Podcast Rewind, and today we're revisiting how to market a service-based business. So if you've got people that do stuff for people, this is the episode for you. Some of our biggest success stories at Exposure Ninja have been working with service-based clients, and we absolutely love some of the tactics and strategies that you can use if you're a service-based business to grow through digital marketing. So enjoy this episode. When you're a service-based business, whether you deliver that service online or in person, in order to maximize your growth through digital marketing, you need to be targeting the three customer types that I'm gonna talk you through today. And by the way, these marketing strategies that I'm gonna be sharing, they work for any business, but the examples that we're gonna be using are for service-based businesses specifically. So if you're a service business, great. If you're another type of business, hey, you might get some ideas that you can apply to your industry. Let's go. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim Cameron Kitchen. I'm the founder of Exposure Ninja. We're a digital agency that helps our clients generate more leads and sales online. And that's exactly what this podcast is all about. Today, we're going to be talking about marketing service-based businesses. And this is something that we've got a lot of experience with at Exposure Ninja. Now, the three types of customers that we're going to be targeting today need to be treated quite differently because they have a very different level of understanding. So firstly, we're going to be focusing on targeting top of funnel traffic. This is people who are maybe unfamiliar with your business. They may not even know that you exist at all. They may not even know they need the thing that you are selling. Okay, they might just be aware that they have some sort of problem. They may not even know that they have a problem at all. Now, many marketers don't really prioritize targeting top of funnel traffic because if someone doesn't even know they've got a problem, how do you even get in front of them? And do you even want to get in front of them if they don't know they've got a problem, they've never heard of you, and they're not even looking for what you're selling? Well, the reason why targeting top of funnel traffic can make sense is because it can be very cheap to do so, and you can pick up leads and eventually customers quite cheaply. Most marketing is focused on attracting people at the bottom of the funnel. So people that are ready to convert, they're already looking for the thing that it is you're selling. So that's where most of the attention goes. And that means that's also where most of the budget goes, which means it's more competitive and you'll spend a lot more to get a customer at this stage. Whereas if you're targeting top of funnel traffic, you can pick this traffic up very cheaply or free and you can then guide it through the process, sort of indoctrinating it or uh, what's a nicer way of saying that? Aligning it with your value so that when these people are ready to convert, when they're ready to become a customer, you've educated them about why your business is the logical choice. Now, for a lot of service businesses, top of funnel traffic can be quite easy to target with pay-per-click advertising. And a lot of media spend that goes into display, video, social ads, particularly for larger businesses, is this type of top of funnel traffic. Now, I'm just looking inside SEMrush using the Ad Clarity app. By the way, you can get a free trial of this at exposure.ninja forward slash wow. That's exposure.ninja forward slash app. Wow. This is a really cool tool. It allows you to see how much people are spending on their ads across you know, social and video and display ads. And it also allows you to see what sorts of ads people are running. Now, let's say that you're uh, you're in banking, right? If you're, if you're 
you're used to using business banking, you'll know that business banking is pretty boring, slow. They send you these little sort of calculator device things that basically tell you that you can't do things, right? That's business banking. You spend all day on hold and no one really cares and it's all very boring. Well, you've got these challenger banks, people like Monzo or Tide, and they've been using a lot of top of funnel marketing to get on the radar of people who are either starting businesses or people who are already in businesses who may not feel like they have a banking problem, but they want to sort of show some of Monzo's different features in order to tempt people away from their more traditional banks. Now, if in the same Russian ad clarity, I've just stuck in uh, Monzo and I'm looking at some of the ads um, that they've been running. And some of these ads have had, you know, three quarters of a million dollars of ad spend behind them, video ads uh, for, uh, well, for mostly looks like they're targeting sort of smaller businesses and startup type businesses, but very, very top of funnel intent. And what they're doing is I'm looking at one here, which is sort of showing behind the scenes of someone just running their business. And it's showing features on Monzo that you would never get with a traditional bank. So it's all app based. It's all, you know, create an invoice nice and quickly. And then the closing screen says sign up in just minutes, which is a very different experience to <laughs> signing up for a regular business account. So this is very top of funnel targeted. This is likely targeted at sort of entrepreneurs and startup folk in order to get them over to Monzo, even though they didn't, ne they weren't necessarily shopping for a bank. But this is a nice way to introduce Monzo to them and get on their radar in the first place. Another great way to get on the radar of people at the top of the funnel for service businesses is through content and getting your content ranked in search for the sort of questions that potential customers ask at the start of their journey. That's a great way of getting them in the funnel. Right. Let's do an example. When I snap my fingers, you're going to be a law firm offering notary services. Ready? <laughs> you're probably hoping for something a little bit more sexy, maybe a footballer or something. Nah, but that's not a service business, is it? Anyway, you're a law firm offering notary services. Now, one of the most annoying things in adult life, I'm sure you know, aside from these little bank calculator things, is when you're asked to have someone sign or witness you signing something, right? Really, really annoying. Very frustrating particularly if you don't have any friends and uh, don't leave the house, or so I hear. Now, sometimes you even need your signature notarized, eyewitnessed by a proper legal person, not just, you know, the DPD driver or that guy who walks down the high street shouting at cars. Every high street has one, right? So if you're a potential customer for this signature witnessing service, you may not have done this before, you're going to have loads of questions that you're going to be typing into Google, things like how much does it cost to get a signature witnessed in court or uh, who can witness my signature in the UK. Now, if you're a law firm offering this service, you could create some content explaining and answering all of these questions. So explaining the various costs associated with getting a signature witnessed, um, explaining the benefits of having your signature witnessed by a solicitor versus a random or by a court or whatever. So there's an example I'm looking at uh, for a site uh, called legalvision.co.uk, which is ranking for a whole bunch of these phrases. And it's a really good article, really well put together article. Who can witness your signature in the UK? Um, nice big CTAs all over the place. Register for webinars. Do you need legal assistance? We've got contact forms. Uh, do you need legal advice in the middle of the blog post? But this blog post is basically explaining the whole process of how witnessing a signature works. And it's a great example of top of the funnel service based content because someone who's looking for this may be completely new to it. They're not necessarily in the market for this. They didn't know that they'd be buying something, but now they're being presented with something which answers their questions and has nice CTAs embedded throughout. Love it. 
unaware customer, top of the funnel, bang. Now, if you want to find great questions that people are asking, you know there's a whole bunch of tools out there that we've talked about before. Things like alsoasked.com, where if you do just type in whatever phrase I've just typed in here, signature witness, and it's given me a whole bunch of different questions that people are asking about this topic. So it's got sub questions and it's got sub questions of the sub questions. So I can then start putting these into a keyword research thing, seeing how many people are searching for these each month, picking the most popular ones, the ones that I think are most likely to turn into customers for me. And then I can start building out that content, get it ranked, maybe even run some ads to it if it's performing really well and it has a good conversion rate. Okay. So top of funnel content, fantastic for service businesses. We got loads of videos and podcasts on how to find those questions, how to get uh, this type of content ranked on Google. So I'm not going to go into loads of detail there, but you can look on our YouTube channel if you want a whole bunch of stuff on that topic. Okay, the next way that service businesses can get this top of the funnel traffic is through lead magnets and downloadables. Now, I'm going to snap my fingers again. When I snap my fingers, you are an accountant. Got it? <laughs> you were hoping for a racing driver, weren't you? But it's not a service business. Okay, so you're an accountant, you want to get, uh, let's say that you're a, a US accountant, a US tax accountant, and you want to get uh, people who are filling in their tax returns. Well, you might target a phrase like um, tax prep checklist, for example. So you might target a phrase like that, you might create some content for it, but you might want to take it another level and create a lead magnet or a downloadable, which is exactly what H&R Block have done. They are targeting this phrase when you click on their landing page, really nice looking landing page actually, your tax prep checklist, wondering what tax documents you need, get prepared with our tax checklist or answer a few questions to quickly create a customized tax checklist of your own. You can then click the button to create your checklist. It asks you a bunch of questions and it can capture your email address so that they can put you on their mailing list and send you emails about this service. Lovely jubbly. So it's taken me as a top of the funnel person who is considered, considering doing it myself. It's given me a checklist. It's maybe made me think twice about how much work this is going to be and whether I might want a professional or a, you know an H&R Block type company to help me do it for them to help that me do it, right? And if I do want some help doing it, then of course they're gonna pitch me in the ongoing email marketing follow-up. So that's top of the funnel traffic and some ways that service businesses can target top of the funnel. Let's talk about middle of the funnel traffic now. So middle of the funnel traffic is people who are maybe considering a purchase, they're starting to evaluate their options, they may or may not have heard of you, okay? One of the most important tools for targeting middle of the funnel traffic is actually positioning. Now positioning isn't a way to get traffic, it's not a way to get people in front of you, but it is a really important distinction to help move middle of the funnel traffic down towards purchase. So what is positioning? Positioning is basically the messages that you're saying, telling on your website, which indicate the types of customers that you're best dealing with and what sets you apart from your competitors. Now I'm on a client website here, patinolawoffice.com, a, uh, a fantastic personal injury uh, law firm in Texas that we've been working with for a long time. And some of the key messages that we use here are veteran owned and the fact that they have uh, dedicated Spanish speakers on the team. And that is very much the positioning. Now, of course, there's other positioning on here as well. The fact that they've won millions of dollars for clients, they've got a free case review, um, no win, no fee, you know, very fast uh, speed of, uh, you know, communication. But really, the things that make them stand out from competitors that mainly also offer this service as well are the fact that they are veteran owned, and they speak Spanish. Okay, so that's how they differentiate themselves from other competitors. And it means that when they get someone who's in the sort of consideration phase, this middle 
of the funnel, this messy middle where we're trying to push them down towards purchase, those are the things that are going to resonate with their customers and help them sort of move forward. Now, they could have just spoken about, you know, awards or like generic things like that, but they focused on the things that they know resonate. So how do you choose your positioning and how do you find the things that are most going to resonate? Well, obviously talking to your customers is a really good way of doing this, just finding out what annoys them. There's another quick hack that you can do, and that is just to go to Google and type in why do and then your industry. So for example, if I'm an airline, why do airlines and then blank? And you'll get all the autocomplete and the autocomplete is the frustrations and annoyances that people have with your industry. For example, why do airlines overbook, cancel flights, charge for seats, charge for bags, block seats, code share, charge for name changes, upgrade passengers, change flight times, charge more for one way. All of these are problems, right? None of them are like, how, why do airlines just be so awesome? Or why do airlines just reduce their prices for me so I can just have a great time? Or why do airlines offer great service? They're all annoyances, right? And if you're competing against others in your space, you can have a look through these annoyances to see what bugbears there are in your industry. And if you happen to have fixed any of them, then you can use that in your positioning. For example, let's say that you're an airline that doesn't charge for name changes or doesn't charge for whatever. Well, maybe you can use that in your positioning. Hey, we don't charge for name changes. We're not going to charge you some spurious fee for something that feels like nothing but a minor admin inconvenience to us, right? Or maybe you're an airline that doesn't overbook. You're never going to be left without a seat. We guarantee your seat because we don't overbook. Well, that can be a compelling positioning uh, play. That can be a compelling position to take if it's something that's sufficiently annoying to your potential customers. Okay, we've got other podcasts and stuff about positioning, so I'm not gonna go into any more detail here. Now, another way that you can move customers down through the funnel for this for service-based businesses, particularly if they're in the middle of the funnel, is through content and specific types of content on your website. One type of content that's really useful for middle of the funnel traffic and middle of the funnel potential customers is case studies and examples. This can work great for service-based businesses because in service-based businesses, you are often uh, selling a transformation. Okay, you're selling, you know, here's where you are, here's where you want to get to, and we can do it. And if you can convince people that you can uh, implement that transition, you're going to get their business. So case studies are a great way of doing this because people will recognize themselves in your before and afters. So if you go to the Exposure Ninja site, hit the case studies button, you're going to see loads and loads of case studies that we've run. And you can see that we target the benefits, the outcomes in these case studies rather than how this is a business called blah, 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 and they do this and they've got 49 people in this location and 25 in this location and they offer this great service. We don't care about that stuff. Nobody cares about that stuff, right? What they care about is boom, this SaaS business got a $33 million exit because of the digital marketing that we did. Or boom, this service-based business increased their revenue 534% through the digital marketing that we did. That's what people care about. It's the headline stats that resonate in the things that they want to get out of whatever they're buying your service from. So if you're a tax accountant, how much did you save people in tax? Or how quickly did you save them tax? Or how much time on average do you save each of your customers? These are compelling stories that you can tell this middle of the funnel traffic, middle of the funnel visitors. You can use this stuff in your email marketing to move them through down the funnel closer towards purchase. And talking about email marketing, 
another great type of content for targeting middle of the funnel visitors. You get people sign up to your email list by offering your lead magnets or webinars or whatever your whatever your lead capture methods are on your website. But most service based businesses don't really do anything with those emails. They just have them sat in a list sat in their MailChimp or whatever doing nothing. And then every so often they'd send them a notification about the new soil pipe in the staff room or whatever, whole bunch of business news that nobody cares about doesn't move the needle for them at all. They get a like a one and a half percent open rate and then stop doing email marketing because it doesn't work. Whereas actually what you can be doing with your email marketing is really tailored campaigns, optimize for the particular stage of the buyer journey that your customers are at, you can have it linked to triggers on your website. For example, if they're visiting certain pages on your site, you can have specific campaigns being triggered, you can have all sorts of triggers and automations set up. When we do this for clients, we find that actually they've often got so much uh, additional revenue in that email list that they're just not tapping into. Um, often up to 25% of their revenue can come from email marketing when they have a really mature and well designed email marketing strategy in place. But most service businesses don't really do anything with email marketing, or certainly they get it nowhere near its full potential. So by the way, if you want some help with your email marketing, then contact the team at Exposure Ninja, we'll be more than happy to help you. And we can do an audit of your email marketing to see what sort of low hanging free there might be, just go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review and request a free website and marketing review. Okay, the next type of traffic that we're going to be talking about is the bottom of the funnel traffic. These are the folks that are about to purchase their Apple Pay finger is itchy, their credit card is feeling frisky, and they're in the mood to give somebody some money. Now the bottom of the funnel traffic is the most sought after most fought after group of potential customers, because these are the people that are most soonest to turn into money. So as a service business, how do you get them? Well, <laughs> the most effective way to get bottom of the funnel people into your business ever devised by humans is Google Ads, right? This is where you can very quickly get in front of people who are searching because they want to buy exactly what you're selling. If you want to get in front of people who are looking for a mortgage broker today, Google Ads will let you do that today. They will take your money and they will, I was going to say they'll say thank you, they will not say that. They will just take your money and they will give you that visibility. If you want to get in front of people looking for a virtual receptionist, absolutely, Google will happily take your money and you can advertise for those phrases. Now, of course, because this bottom of the funnel, this highly commercial traffic is going to be so expensive, you need to really know what you're doing here. What you don't want to be doing is inadvertently going up against a bunch of PPC ninjas who are ruthlessly optimizing their campaigns. They've got killer landing pages, super high conversion rates on those landing pages. And you're just going to have a poke around and see what you can do because you're going to get slaughtered, right? Your CPCs will be higher than them. Your cost per acquisition is going to be disgusting. And you're quite quickly going to come to the conclusion, not always accurately, that pay-per-click doesn't work or is too expensive. So you need to go in with eyes open. And if you're in a competitive space, you're going to need, you know, super expert help to help you get the most out of your PPC budget. But it can be a fantastic source of bottom of the funnel traffic for service businesses. So you need good ads, obviously, but you need ads that don't just necessarily optimize for the highest click through rate because you don't necessarily just want clicks from everyone. You want clicks from the visitors that are most likely to turn into customers. You also need a really well built landing page which has clear uh, sort of 
path has the same messages as your ads and you need a really well optimized com uh, call to action which resonates with your target audience you know there's there's a lot of incentive for them to to convert and you've done everything that you can to handle the potential objections they might have to converting on that page. Uh, let's look at some examples. and Let me just talk you through some examples. So let's say that I've searched for a virtual receptionist on Google. And now virtual receptionists, you know, people who answer the phones for you, and they can take messages or they can do various actions. Now I'm seeing an ad here for Moneypenny, which is a service I think UK based the ad says Moneypenny answering service best virtual receptionist, I can click on the ad and I've got a really good landing page, good looking landing page that says virtual answering delivered by someone you know and trust. So they're taking on one of the key uh, sort of objections that people have to this service, which is it might be impersonal, it might not really sort of represent me. They've got some pictures of people smiling, looking very friendly. So again, that's sort of uh, indirectly handling the objection, this is going to be very cold, this is going to be very impersonal and a bit transactional. They got some great copy and a nice CTA get your quote with a secondary CTA of how it works. So you can find out a little bit more about how this thing works. And of course, they've got phone call CTAs throughout because of the nature of their business. So a great example there of some bottom of the funnel traffic combined with a good call to action and you need a strong call to action if you're going to be running any sort of search ads. Now another uh, way that you can get bottom of the funnel traffic, you don't necessarily need to advertise for these phrases because you can also get your pages and your website content ranking for commercial phrases as well and Moneypenny is doing exactly this, that they've got the same landing page uh, ranking for virtual receptionist as they do for the ads. So they're using the same ad landing page as the one that's ranking, which can make a lot of sense if the page is uh, is well optimized for conversion. And they're doing a fantastic job there. And of course, the advantage of the organic ranking is they're not having to pay per click. So that traffic is a lot cheaper. It's not free because they're going to have to do work, they're going to be doing SEO and link building to get that page there in the first place. But on average, that traffic is going to be cheaper. Uh, or lower cost than the uh, than the PPC traffic. Some other types of content that you can be publishing targeting bottom of the funnel, um, things like competitor comparisons, right? So if you're targeting an audience for virtual receptionists, you might want to create some content like uh, money penny alternatives. So this is people who are aware of one particular brand. The fact that they're aware for the of the brand and they're searching for alternatives means that they likely have some decent commercial intent. They're likely fairly bottom of the funnel because either they're about to purchase and they're just checking to see what else is out there or they're already a customer of the alternative and they're looking for different options because they have some sort of issue. They have a service issue or a quality issue or something or a price issue, and they're just looking around to see what else is out there. So we see this a lot in SaaS. I feel like this strategy was sort of most popularized by SaaS businesses, but we now see a lot of service businesses doing it as well. So long as there is a competitor that is relatively well known and has decent brand search volume, then writing some content and getting it optimized for things like competitor alternative uh, can work really well. I'm also looking at uh, one here it says smith.ai versus Moneypenny live answering service comparison. And this is ranking for Moneypenny alternatives. And it, you know, pretty standard sort of content form. It just 
takes you through, breaks down by different categories about which one wins, the differences between them all. And generally, these types of things tend to convert best if you're honest. You don't want to be too honest, of course. Like, yeah, sure, the other one is much better, but hey, we really want your business. You don't want to be like that, but you do want to concede in maybe a couple of points that make it not look like a total whitewash. Like, yeah, they're rubbish. We're better in every single way. Like, people are sensible. They know that's not going to be the case. So let's like, yeah. You know, they're really good at uh, they're really good at just being sort of low cost and low quality. And if that's what you want, then knock yourself out. If you want a proper service and you're willing to pay for it, then yeah, great. So, you know, you got to be a bit smart about it. But this sort of competitor content can do really well. Um, another type of bottom of the funnel source for um, service businesses is retargeting and remarketing. So you'll know this, this is advertising to people who've already been on your site, uh, getting them back onto your site. Now this tends to be bottom of the funnel focused because they've already been on your site. So they've somehow qualified themselves. Now you can do this at a very basic level and just retarget everyone, remarket to everyone just, hey, we're here, you've been on our website, hey, come back or here's our offer. Or you can be a little bit more savvy about this as a service business. And if you offer multiple services, you can remarket to your audience based on the particular service that they viewed. This is going to help you out because you'll be able to give them much more targeted messages. So going back to H&R Block, they seem to do this uh, when I was looking through their ads in our clarity via the free uh, trial ad exposure.ninja forward slash wow. I noticed that they had an ad running for H&R Block pros. So these are like professional accounting firms that use H&R Block. Now, there's no point running that as a display ad to everyone in the world because, you know, the chances of someone being a professional accounting firm needing H&R Block, really small, really small, like pointlessly small. No point running those ads. You just wouldn't get a decent click, uh, volume of clicks. But what you can do is run a remarketing campaign for people who have been on your H&R Block Pro page on your website, right? Or they've signed up for more information about this service. Then it makes sense to run remarketing or retargeting ads to them because you know what they're into. So you've got to be savvy with remarketing and retargeting. Don't just mass market. You want to, where you can and where the volumes make sense, tailor your message to people. Now, of course, if you're not getting enough website traffic to segment your audience in that way, then you might have no option but to do a sort of message. But if you can, and the more traffic that you've got, the more sense it makes a segment. So there you have some ways to market a service business. Don't forget, if you want some help with this, if you want uh, you know, a bunch of ninjas to market your service business for you, we have tons of experience in this area ourselves. So you can go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review to request your free website and marketing review. That's ExposureNinja.com forward slash review to request your free website and marketing review. We'll record your video. It shows you how to improve the performance of your digital marketing, generate more leads through your website, usually within two to three working days. We'll send you a video, which is about 15 minutes long, showing you exactly how to do this. And if you're interested in working with us, we'll give you some next steps and some recommendations in that review as well. Hope you found this useful and interesting. That'll be a bonus. Until next time, see you soon.